0: Welcome to another episode of the Elevated Barbers podcast. Today we're going to be talking about professionalism and branding. So you do not want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. 1 2 Right, I am here with Delmar. My name is Bradford Kelly, aka the Business Minded Barber. And Delmar, introduce yourself, man. Tell them who you are.
1: Yeah, because you're trying to introduce both of us at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this is Delmar, that's Brad, and we're here on another episode of the Elevated Barbers <laughs> Podcast. Today, as you can see, we're very excited about this episode. We're going to have a great one for y'all. And uh, allow me to introduce our guests. I don't want to hold them back any further. Welcome to the stage, Mr. Shug, hey, aka Mr. I Create Confidence. A.K.A. Sejan. Sejan, <laughs> he's French.
0: <laughs> Just sweet. You feel me, you feel me. You feel me. <laughs> man? It's so what's good to over, have, so good to have you on the show today. We um, we were trying to connect personally, me and you, um, for quite some time. Oh, you got somebody that's about to join the show,
2: man. I, every time I turn on this camera, he he got to be on it. That's, that's well, what's I'm, his name, I'm man. Sorry. This this is Sejan. The other
0: Sejan Junior. Say hi, yeah. Hi. What's, What's up man? On, How you doing? Good. Give me one give
2: me a kiss. Bye-bye. Bye. Every time. It's all every, right, man. Every time. He going to
0: be famous one day.
2: One day. He used to the camera already.
0: Yeah. So we was trying to connect man for a few weeks uh just trying to do a, a live and I was just like, man, we over here fighting to do a live. Let's get him on the podcast. You know, like and so I talked to Delmar, he was just like, yeah, man, bring him on. So, uh wanted to definitely uh get you on and get some of the value that you have within you. Out wow. And let some of the people here um, that t- that tune in to Elevated Barbers podcast, uh, get them a different perspective of um, some things that we all talk about, which is like professionalism, branding, just growth as a barber in general. But first, let me just allow you to introduce yourself, man. Who are you? Uh, where do you work at in regards to the state? Um, and then you know, who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, um, as you said before,
2: my, my name is Sajon. Um, I have been at times Sug the Barber and and now Mr. I Create Confidence and uh, we can get into all of those different facets. I'm, I'm going to let you guys ask the questions how, and curate how we get into that. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Um, I am born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh went to college at Alabama a and University and stayed in the South for about 13 years. Came back mm-hmm. home. I uh, started cutting in 2013, so I, I guess it's makes 11 years and the game. Uh, Formerly finished my official license in 2019, and I'm now getting ready to be a licensed barber school instructor. Um, cut out a shop in Southfield, Michigan here in Michigan, and uh, I'm looking to move to the great state of Georgia to take my talents to Georgia's beaches. Um, oh, okay, hey, Here I
0: am. Oh man, so deep. So you are about to move, but you are in Michigan. Now you said you got into the industry in 2011, but got your license. In 2019,
2: 2013 is when I started 2013. So my my journey to license is is, is deep. (laughs) like a lot of people uh, I started cutting in 2013 um, in Huntsville, Alabama where I went to college Um, Mm -hmm. and it started like it wasn't on some, I've been cutting since I was two on the porch, I'm not that guy I was 30 years old when I started cutting and when I started cutting, it wasn't like I was trying to be a barber, my homegirl who I went to church with, uh, see my background is music Um, I was Mm -hmm. a music major, vocal choral studies I can really sing and read music and all of that, people don't believe me and I'd be like that's okay, I don't need you to believe me Um, (laughs) uh, and at church I was sound engineer one of my homegirls my godson's mother she has a, a big heart for the homeless and she like does stuff around the city for the homeless even to this day and she was like look I'm doing an event at the Salvation Army I'm doing hair why don't you come cut hair funny thing is people thought I could cut hair then because all I would do I took my little liners I had a full set like with, you know you go to Walmart you get the clippers and I had the wall guards that had the, the taper guard y'all know what I'm talking about the one yeah, with the yeah. Yeah. left like, no, right. no real barber uses or whatever no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I had that right, and I just did my beard and shaved my head with clippers. I didn't even know how to use a razor, but people thought I could cut hair for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, Why don't you come cut hair? And I'm gonna do hair. I always want to help people anyway, so I was like, Cool. We do it on a Sunday after church, and I'm late because I got to break down the sound. Like, typically, the, the last people first people there, the last people to leave is the pastor and the sound engineer we're the, we the last, first and last people at the church and I get to the Salvation Army late and it's like 12, 13 dudes waiting and they like, you the barber? And I'm like, yeah, so my first time cutting was a packed house. I ain't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so I I got some stories about those customers. That's how I started. And when I got done that day, they was looking at me and her like, "So when y'all coming back?" And she looked at me and was like, "Next Sunday." And I was like, "Cool." By the mm. third Sunday in a row, we did it. I started to realize that I couldn't wait to get out of church because I wanted to go cut hair, even though I wasn't mm. good, so to speak. And so to, to wrap up a long story, the barbershop that I was getting my hair cut at when I would you know go get my little box shave and stuff like that was my homie from college who had started cutting here in the dorms. Now he's licensed and he had a, a his own shop at the time. Still does. Shout out to uh, Depp City Barbershop in Huntsville, Alabama. I mm. knew he had a chair open and I was like, hey, can I like can I take that chair? I don't know nothing about licensing or nothing like that. I'm just trying to learn. So I'm like, yeah. can I cut in that chair or whatever you got open, you know, whatever the boyfriend was, which wasn't but $50 a week uh, at the time. And Because I'm a visual learner. So I was like, if I can look at it, I can get it. Yeah. So I did that. And I would look at him and the other barbers in there it wasn't before of us cutting and I would take that to the Salvation Army. We me and my own ended up doing that three Sundays out of the month for about six or seven months straight. For free. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it did, It took me some years to realize what I fell in love with first, which wasn't hair. I fell in love with conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those conversations that I was having with those gentlemen kind of kept me afloat. You ever like realized that you were going through a depression years later? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I was definitely going through a depression at that time. And they kept me saying, they, they gave me perspective because I'm at the time I'm cutting the hair and I feel down because I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. But the person in my chair is smiling because he got here at 4 30 which means he could get a meal today which also means that he's here in time to be there for count to be able to get a bed for tonight not tomorrow tonight and that gave me it was like yeah i i I still feel bad that i don't know how i'm gonna pay my rent but at least i got a bed to sleep in and heat to go to tonight and this gentleman is smiling and he doesn't so i kind of don't feel good frowning (laughs) <laughs> at this point yeah. point. Um, and that the conversations the stories that's what I fell in love with and that that's what kind of carried me and made me who I am today as a barber
1: that's beautiful yeah, yeah you showed sympathy with that too man because it's like you were so locked in on what you was dealing with and then you just realized in that moment man it could be worse I'm worried about how I can't pay my booth rent and this man only had nowhere to sleep he ain't got no heat you know he's trying to get a, a meal mm-hmm. so it's like in that moment you become grateful for what you do have yeah. and the, that that a lot of times husband. throughout life we have those moments mm-hmm. oh that he was said, house I, rent that was my house yeah. rent <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's still that was the house yeah that's still <laughs> yeah, that's even that's still that's even more, that's more. more. Yeah. yeah yeah, but
0: it goes right. to the, it goes to the mindset like you're bringing up D is the ability to get out of your own head about your own situations mm-hmm. give of yourself serve someone else and have compassion for the plight that they may have or have some type of empathy that because of whatever they're dealing with like you're not focused and solely just thinking on you. And when you get your mind out of you about you, then you start to realize the world is bigger than you and you have a lot to be grateful for. That's super, super touching. (laughs) That's touching.
1: (laughs) I I use that a lot throughout life, man, because you know, it's easy for us to complain. You start looking at how people live in other countries, you don't realize how good that we have it. No matter how bad we think we have it. So like just even in our industry, you know, sometimes we have slow days. I got a, a slow day this week, two slow days this week. It'll get My bigger. mindset, my, probably so. But it, but even yeah. if it don't, I'm of the mindset that, okay, these days are slow. Okay, cool. I'm going to rest, relax my mind a little bit. I also have an opportunity to create content. Also have an opportunity to work on some content. You know, there's other things that I can do. I can work on marketing and I can work on my website, whatever. But back in the day, I was like, man, it's slow, man. But you got people who never are booked up, yeah. you know, so it always could be, you know, worse. And that's that's just the type of mindset I have now about things like, just be grateful for what you do have. If I got two people in the book that day, man, be grateful for that because I could not have anybody.
0: Yeah, for real. And that that goes to the mindset that we want to kind of bring in is about professionalism, right? Mm-hmm. Because as a professional, if you realize it or don't realize it, what you deal with on the outside outside comes to you, comes to your job. It comes to yeah. how you present what you do as a barber. And if you let it impact you in a negative way, then you will impact your clients in a negative way. It's like a domino yeah. effect. So, uh, Shug, how do you speak to professionalism? And you could go from a, from a different, like a, a lot of different perspectives, but just when I bring the word up professionalism, uh, what comes to your mind in regards to us as barbers? So for me,
2: professionalism has evolved over the years. At one, point it was you need to look a certain way so I was when I 2015 when I when I first came home I'm in the shop no clients for real I was I, I like to say that I started out in like that sweet spot between old school and social media age barbering it was like mm-hmm. Instagram Facebook and all of that for barbers was picking up at that point but not to the point where you didn't still have to go and actually talk to people give out cards and stuff like that so yeah. I would leave the shop and go to the it was a grocery store a new a brand new uh grocery store uh next to the shop I would go pass out cars at the grocery store, the mall, but I did it in a suit because at that time, professionalism meant looking a certain way for me and it meant looking not like everybody else. So I didn't see too many barbers in Detroit that was wearing suits, let alone cutting in suits, right? Yeah. And when I would give the person a the card, and be like, hey, you know, I'm Shug the barber, shop right, right down the street, come see me, whatever, They would be like, you a barber? I'm like, yeah, they're like, you cut like that in a suit? I'm like, yeah. Some of them came just to see if I was actually cutting hair in a suit because they didn't believe it, yeah. right? That was a funny thing. And they're like, this this dude really, I don't know how colorful my life. I'm I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna not do that, none of that. Uh, yeah, they're like, this dude really, Really is in a suit cutting hair for real <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And I would look at other barbers that did d- different things. There's a certain barber here in Detroit. His moniker is like the direct opposite of mine. And it's my homie, always been my homie. And I would be like, oh, this. You tripping. And over the years, I started looking and, I, and and really look at it with an open mind. And I said, professionalism is not necessarily just one thing for all barbers. Professionalism also yeah. has to involve your clientele. And mm-hmm. his clientele was not my clientele, but what he was doing was professional for them because that's the language yeah. that they speak. Yeah. Otherwise, the chair wouldn't be spinning like it was. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I can't just look at that and be like, ah, oh, it's been consistent for years. So I can't say it's fake or it's a root. Yeah, Like, you know what I'm saying? So professionalism for me in the barbering industry is being able to cater to your client okay. and not lose integrity trying to cater to a certain audience if it's not naturally you. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
1: I like that aspect.
0: Yeah, I got it. Because
1: it's
2: different. What? I never thought
1: about it like that.
0: Yeah, me, I, I've never looked at it as catering to the client, but in reality, it's the it's almost like the, the, the opposite way of saying it because most people would say you're going to attract the clients you want right so you have to build something that they want and then you attract them but if you're catering to that it's the same thing you're saying the same thing so that's actually a really good way of uh, looking at it, like cater yeah. to the people that you want to serve. And I kind of think we yeah. should
2: reclassify professionalism from character. Good character is, is is a totally different thing from good professionalism, so to speak. So like it's if funny. I talk about my, my homie who is, he got he has a moniker, his moniker is no cut, no butt, right? You go on his page, he's saying that every day, all day. You got the <laughs> client saying it and everything. And I'm like, how you going to attract these type of people and blah, blah, blah. Well, the truth is he's not trying to attract those types of people. He's yeah. trying to t- attract the people who is who here no cut no button be like who is that man i'm going to my man's shop you know that he plays a certain type of music all that type of stuff he can cut his face off right he's on time all that all of the professional things but when it comes to what he says and his his branding his moniker that's his character yeah Yeah. not his professionalism now they have to merge at some point but they also have to die it's a
0: fork in the road at a certain point too. It's almost like the difference between your brand and professionalism. Yes. Would yeah. you say that? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to I'm trying to like wrap my head around character and how do you visualize that? Like how is a barber supposed to understand what you mean by character? Um and what you're saying is your consistency and the way that you bring yourself, it's going to um impact your clientele one way or the other. And that's going to be happen over time. So yes. if you if you have that that's pretty much a brand, you know? So Delmar, I I see you trying to interject. So I don't want to like keep, keep, keep going. Mm Go ahead, man.
1: No, um, since we're on the topic of branding, I seen a video that you just recently posted, uh, Shug, and I want to lead off with if it don't involve your brain, then don't put your brain into it. And then you went on to say that you was, you know, you're speaking about marketing tactics and not overthinking when we're branding ourselves uh, as business professionals, as barbers. Um, can you please share with the audience, like, what did you mean in that specific clip? I know y'all was talking yeah. about the, the Doritos uh, so. Super Bowl commercial, so explain it. What you it.
2: saw in that clip, that was like about an hour-long conversation, as I, I said before I'm instructing at Hair Lab Detroit Barber School. Um, mm-hmm. And one of my clients is is uh, a master like uh, he's an entrepreneur that's what he'll say but he's a, uh he's steeped in marketing branding stuff like that uh, a business coach so to speak so mm-hmm. i usually bring him in at least once a quarter and the way me and him rock is i do a cut and he talk and i might interject mm-hmm. and say some stuff but I, I pretty much let him do his thing because those are the things that when people get out of barber school they don't realize that now they don't know how to market themselves as a barber they don't know how to brand themselves yeah. that business wasn't yeah. talked about that's why i love the name the business-minded barber because yeah. a lot of barbers aren't they're talented, but they're not business minded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the business of barbering. If you make it the barber business, then cuts go before business. And we know how that goes. Right. And he was, he had brought up that Doritos had uh, bought in to basically use the Sphinx hotel on the Vegas Strip as uh, a place where their advertising was gonna go during the Super Bowl. So basically, you know, the Sphinx Hotel, that's the pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. And they was pretty much, they just, we just gonna put a, a big old Dorito on the side of the hotel. And I was like, it's that's simple, simple genius, right? So how much thinking went into that? Virtually none. I'm pretty sure in that board meeting where they decided that, somebody was like, <laughs> we're in Vegas, it's the Sphinx Hotel, like it's the shape of a Dorito, why don't we just use that? And this was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow right My why, why I put your brain into it and you don't have to right and that's when i saw that i was like yo that's that's genius like yeah you can we can go on to go into it and try to make it deep but that was very simple we are doritos mm-hmm. which like like uh, a triangle there's one hotel shaped like a triangle on the vegas strip let's use that one it doesn't have anything to do with is this the most booked hotel on the vegas strip does it compete with mgm or uh do they have the best rooms what are what are the reviews it don't matter it's shaped like a dorito we are Doritos, boom, put it right there. Take your brain out of it. If you're a thinker, like me, I'm analytical, I'm a thinker, I suffer from all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some stuff you just don't have to put your brain into. And it makes life a whole lot easier when you learn how to just go with it. This is it. You know, the first thought was the best thought this time. I don't have to brainstorm and put a million things on the wall and pick the best one. The best well, one showed yeah. first.
0: We gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about this because, because to the average barber, most people feel that you have to understand your brand. Like you have to get it. So when you're saying go with it, what do you like what do you mean? Like how does a how does a person that don't got your brain mm-hmm. go with how do they understand what you're trying to say to them? Sometimes your audience will tell you what your
2: brand is in the beginning. And your brand almost always will evolve. So that's how sugar the barber came apart came about. Mm-hmm. I was in Texas when I first started I started cutting in Alabama. I realized mm-hmm. I needed to go to school. School wasn't available like it really should have been in Alabama at the time. I moved to Texas with a I get to a barber school that is still standing uh, to this day called the Master Barber's Institute. Shout out to them um, In Dallas, Texas and Oak Cliff to be exact and I was in the uh, I guess you could say the Mexican part of town, right? And most of my class at the time It was me and one dude named smoke from New Orleans We was the only black students in the school and I say all that to say most of the people that came to the school were Mexican straight hair So I got good with shears and stuff like that in the very beginning of my barber career and and a bunch of the guys that would come to the school and I would cut their hair, they would just look me. Anybody ever tell you, you look like, Suge Knight. Now, mind you, at the time, I was about 350, 60 <laughs> pounds. Like, I'm I'm a cool 225, 230 now, but back then, I was about 350, 370 or whatever. And people have been yeah. saying that to me for the longest. Anybody ever tell you, like, Suge Knight, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And at the time, what I had the privilege of in my barbering career was I went to college first and I I, I owned studios and stuff like that, so business was already a part of me so I knew marketing and branding had to come in at some point and I was trying to figure out how do I brand myself on this thing called Instagram yeah. and I couldn't brand myself with the music because the, the music and the bar brand were two different things so to speak right. um, mm-hmm. I was 118 ENT as a, as, a, as a musician I couldn't be 118 ENT cuts because there's no story there right <laughs> Um, so if your brand doesn't have a story, you don't have a brand, it can't just be a name. Right. And I am like, it's right in front of my face. They keep calling me Shug, 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 Shug. And I'm like, Shug the barber. Let's see how that works. And then a couple of years later, this happened. Just so oh. happy, you know, Shug, big blood and all that type of stuff. I'm not, <laughs> but... <laughs> 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 this was like, uh, it, it kind of it just the whole thing just went together. My brain didn't have to be involved in it. I Wait, so is her, that is, is that is that red patch in honor of the name? Should no, not really. <laughs> I'll tell you how that happened. How does it happen? I was in the shop now. I've only ever cut at two barbershops in my whole 11 year career. The first shop that I cut at, um, was a barbershop, and the shop that I'm in now is a barbershop. In between all of that, it's been all salons and private suites. Mm-hmm. Um, tone. Black. Um, I don't know if y'all know he was a he was an Andes educator for a while. Um, him and uh Kenny Duncan he used to roll heavy uh together, whatever. Both of them I think are out of Philly, but Tone I think is based out of North Carolina now, namely Charlotte. Tone his signature look was he had this blacked out beard, but his goatee was great. Oh, now, I know I what you're mind. talking about. I know That's you're talking Tone about Black so I was like man I want to do that so I wanted to have a gray patch in my beard I'm in a a, a salon so I'm like how do I make this gray they was like you might be able to do it but it might fall out I'm like what you mean well Mm -hmm. in order to color your hair gray you have to take all the color out first which Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. lift it to a point where it's kind of unhealthy if you try to do it too quick even if you yeah it's like platinum right and Mm -hmm. you can't it's not healthy to do that in one day especially on Mm -hmm. virgin hair so to speak so Mm -hmm. it was like you have to lift it, let it sit for a day or two, condition it, then try to lift it again until you get as much Color out as possible because it gray is pretty much dang near the absence of color anyway. And it was like when they said it might fall out, I was like, maybe not. So I just like lifted it a little bit. It was brown for a second and it was December and I was like, I'm going to go red for Christmas. Gotcha. I did the red for Christmas. I am also a part of the great fraternity of 587 fraternity incorporated. And our founders day is January 9th. And in January, that next January, I did a blue for a second and it went green real quick. It was blue. It was royal blue for a quick second. <laughs> about color. Blue, if you, if you don't do God. it right, it will go green once it starts yeah. to fade. Yeah. And um, I was like, ah, I'm going back red. It is stuck. And I became known as the guy with the red streak in his beard. Mm-hmm. So that became my look, became a part of the branding too. So it was like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's let's keep it like this. So that's how the And yeah, You know
1: what's went. funny? What When I looked at your page last week, that was the first thing that stuck out to me, the red patch in the beard.
2: Yeah. I let go of for, for a second and- a friend of mine came to interview me at my suite when I had one. And he was like, oh, hold on, we can't do the interview yet. I'm like, what you mean? He said, man, I need the red patch. And I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'll cash that now. He was like, no, man, that's not shoot, man. I need the red patch. So he sat there and waited for me to, I was like, all right, whatever, bro, whatever you need. He was sat there and waited for me to color it and everything in order for me yeah. to do this interview
0: with him. That ended up never coming out. But that's a whole nother <laughs> <laughs> nah, That's That's key because there's two things that you mentioned that needs to be highlighted about what you said regarding a brand Mm -hmm. one of the things that you mentioned is that a brand needs a story right yeah and so creating a narrative around your brand is it is big and the only person that can tell that story is you but when it comes to you telling your story you have to realize that it has to be authentic right it can't it can't be some made-up life that you don't that you don't live yeah. and um you were already shook the barber before you took on the title shook the barber like you already looked like him <laughs> from just a look perspective yeah. um you like you said at the that time you were more um heavier, like he was, right? Like we all remember Suge to be. Mm-hmm. So you had the look, you had the the I guess the mannerisms maybe of him. And then at the same point in time, you were a barber. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it fit when you when you put it all together. But you creating a narrative and a storyline around um that allows for people to recognize the 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 um the image that you portray, right? The story mm-hmm. allows people to understand the image without without them stumbling. So you could you could have like Suge the barber and then have no relationship to Suge in what people's mind is, and it's confusing and it, it breeds more questions than it does um curiosity and or more depth. So yeah. it's uh yeah, that's it's like a really good thing. And the second thing that you mentioned in regards to after you mentioned about the story, you spoke about how it has to evolve, like your your brand has to be able to evolve. Can you dive a little bit deeper into how a barber evolves their brand?
2: Um, I believe as you as you get better, as you learn more, of course, in order to evolve, you got to learn. You got to go yeah. ahead and go and seek out something that you don't know from somebody, mm-hmm. preferably that you don't know. So for me, I started evolving on a on a micro level, just saying, all right, I'm going to take some shear cutting classes because I don't see a lot of barbers doing shear classes. And there's this guy in Detroit named Tony Tonsurio, who is a black man that I see killing the sheer game. Let me see what he got. Let me go and learn this and learn that. So I, I started taking classes. I'm looking at the YouTube videos like everybody else has yeah. done at some point. Time in your barbering career, and I'm going to the hair shows. I'm seeing who is out there. I'm running into these people who I look up to and I'm talking to them, right? And so, evolving your brand as you grow to know more. You shouldn't stay the same. You should make yeah. a change for the better. Yeah. So as I matriculated through my years of barbering, I'm sugar barber. I became known as such, and then I started doing these things called man weaves in 2017, which was yeah. like the wave at the time. Nobody was really, really no one. I was the first barber in in Michigan to do man weave that mm. that still lived here. I think there's one other barber by the name of Jared Cotton who was doing them before me, but he wasn't home when he was doing them. He was in New York where he is now. Great barber, great stylist. Mm. And so I would say, I would tell myself as the barber who brought man weave to the state of Michigan. And they were talking about like, the barbers was like, man, you crazy. You paying how much to go take this class? And I'm like, yeah, 6 50 a class or whatever. And I took multiple classes. And I started to look at, when we talk about branding, the before and after pictures of specifically the guys with the man weaves. But then I did the same thing with the regular haircuts. And you ever notice when a dude is, when the barber takes a before picture, it's almost like the client is frowning and they don't know that they are frowning. And then they got this look on their face in the after picture, you know? You know what I'm yeah. saying? They get poking <laughs> their lips out and all that, you know, whatever. They make it trying to be going be poking your lips out. Don't do you nothing. Know, they're
0: trying to, they're trying to yeah, do the, the, mouth mouth. Mouth. the zoo and
2: you know? You know, that, um, and I was like, "What is that confidence?" Yeah. <clears throat> so then I was like, "Okay, I am." I at first I was, "I create confidence." Yeah, and then I changed it to Mister, um, because that's how I would refer to myself. Because I create confidence in and of itself became the brand that I could go globally with. It doesn't have to just be about hair. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. gave me something that I could take and wrap a whole lot because I'm a whole lot personally. Yeah. Like I'm still trying to. At 40 years old, I'm still trying to work through being all that I am. (laughs) Uh, If you've been on my page, I'm into modeling, I'm into acting, fashion, activism, um, speaking, all of these things that encompass who I am. And at this point in my life, I don't just want to be one thing. I don't want to just be known as a barber. I want to exercise all of these talents and gifts that I have, but I got to put that under some type of umbrella. And that umbrella became I Create Confidence, which is under the Confidence Academy. If I want, I can mentor boys or I can mentor people under that. I can do business under that. There's so many things that, That as a brand had evolved into, and I didn't have to think anymore about what should I call this because it's all there. And I create confidence. I am Mister. I create confidence. You know, you see what I'm saying? So it just it was one of them no brainer type things, but it was like that. This is where I'm going with it as I as I keep growing. And that was that. I love it. man. That's catchy too, man. Because you know, it's essentially when
1: we're cutting people hair and they come in a certain way, they leave out with confidence. So it's it's very catchy, and I love how you branding yourself as well.
2: My you. TV a year, girl. Yes. Who is that,
0: man? You got to bring him on. If we hear him, we can't no, see him. Mm-hmm, bye-bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you seen him already. <laughs>
0: Go ahead, baby. Yeah, but yeah, those things are key, man. Um, when you think about branding, it's it's always something that's growing. Your brand is growing. It's almost, to me, if I were to use like a food analogy, it's almost like a good good gumbo. You know what I mean? Because it starts off with just a few things, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I'm not a chef, but (laughs) you know that it starts off with the root, right? You got your three Mm -hmm. main principles and then you ask Mm -hmm. stuff to get the root right. Um, But you have to understand your own story and why you became a barber and why do you love being a barber? Why do you enjoy it, right? And if you think that your name um, matches your love for it and you, um, if you are able to embody that into like a sentence, a small thing, a small phrase, like the prince right like there's a story behind why he's called the prince there's there's a story behind his business called royal Lux grooming there's a story behind why i call myself the business-minded barber why it's actually like you said shug like i didn't also i didn't just name myself this people always said this about me like oh man you think like a business like you always think like a business you're always trying to do these things so the business-minded barber is it's my brand it's me as a impactor i don't don't consider myself an influencer, but I am definitely trying to impact lives. Um, Another level of barbering is my business where I service clients. And this is for them another level of what they have experienced in barbering, right? you have experienced a lot of different things, but I try to show them another level of that. So that's my, this, that's that. But if there's a story that goes with it, if someone asks, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And just like mm-hmm. you yourself, there's depth to it. And so as you grow with any good gumbo or, or any good dish, there's going to, you're going to add more seasonings to it to enhance it, but it's still going to be, it's still going to be you. You. Yeah. And you have yeah. to understand how to present that to people so that we can do what we were talking about in the beginning is attract the clients that you really want. Yeah. You have to learn how to present that to the people that you want. And you have to know who you are for you to be able to know who you want to serve. Because if you don't know your, if you don't know who you are and you don't know who you're trying to serve, then you're just going to be out there existing, cutting any and everybody, being frustrated with who showed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Sorry. you serve everybody. You serve nobody. Mm. Ooh, see, I said all that. And then he just. To do a one-liner mm-hmm. mic drop <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the came, you know he came in with it so everybody
0: out there
1: you know, okay was, yeah. you, you see what you did go ahead, man go ahead
2: <laughs> yeah, man he, he Billy D William the whole <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcast
1: <laughs> you <Coke> 45 <laughs> all right all right oh <laughs> man that's funny Billy D William yeah, and but, look I want to move the uh the conversation forward yeah. so um Shug, you had a video that you posted recently saying that um the the there's Companies in our industry that are making millions, billions of dollars off of us, but we're the ones that's pushing the game, the industry forward. Can you explain what you was talking about in that video? Because um, you don't have to name drop, but there's a lot of companies out there that are constantly putting out clippers. If anybody paying attention, the clipper game is like the shoe game now. There's a new clipper that come out every week. There's a new trimmer, new fall shaver. There's new everything that come out every week and, you know, they put put these these clippers and these trimmers in front of barbers, new barbers, old barbers. And we get so caught up in, oh, it's a new clipper. Let me go get that. Oh, it's a new trimmer. Let me go get that. And we spend so much money with these companies buying all these clippers and trimmers. But they're making so much money off of us doing that. And we're not, we not getting anything but a remodified clipper. It might not even be improved. Like he said in the video, I'll let him explain. Mm-hmm. But it might not even be an improved clipper. They're saying all the specs, it got so much RPM and all that. But how do we really know? We're not the engineers of these, you know, these tools that we're using. So just kind of dive into what you was uh, talking about in that video, because that was a yeah. that was a heavy one.
2: So uh, some weeks ago, I was I was doing some research for um, one of the classes that I was teaching at the barber school. So we have a, a block because we we do blocks at our barber school called uh, PD, professional development. Where mm-hmm. in that block, we specifically talk about business. We talk about hey, this is what goes into owning the barbershop. This is how you treat clients are you taxes, all of that type of stuff. And I forgot exactly which class I was talking about, but it led me to want to do some research on how much we make, or how much the hair industry at large is making. And I believe it might've been somewhere around 300 billion some odd dollars worldwide of that, at least, uh, they and this was in, this was in 2023 when I was doing the research and they were saying the hair industry in the United States alone is slated to make at least $19 billion. Mm. And when I read that, I kind of instantly got mad. And because I was like, out of that $19 billion, I don't know what percentage, but I know it's low of how much the barbers and stylists, the nail techs, the, uh, the estheticians, how much we are making in that of that piece of the pie, we're in it but i don't even know if that slice that belongs to us is even visible and i'm not blaming it all on the companies i'm not blaming it all on us because at the end of the day if we don't learn how to do things like consult and how to charge for our intellectual property and stop just giving advice for free then mm-hmm. it's gonna continue to be that way mm-hmm. um i believe uh somebody went the, the ah i forgot his, i think joe flannel I, I forgive me if i'm saying his name wrong he's one of the guys involved with mlb um yeah. and they, they do the barber uh the trade shows and stuff like that yeah. and I love the Expos, and he was talking to Morano about the same topic yeah. somewhat. And I was like, when it's, when you talk about putting out better clippers and stuff like that, I don't think the companies, which we won't name one specific, I don't think they're going to give us better because I don't think we actually require better. Mm-hmm. We somehow or another, somebody from their R&D, research and development department started to see that. I think these dudes, barbers, most of us is all sneakerhead. We love, We all love shoes, right? And mm-hmm. when it comes to being a sneakerhead if we're going to use that that moniker so to speak the shoe companies realize we don't have to keep giving them a new shoe we can just change the color on the shoe and they'll keep buying it mm-hmm. that's what they do with clippers yep once you realize the whatever this number clipper is they just they use the same motor to, and put a different blade set on it that is no different than another clipper they they created it's like they intermingle in the different the three different mm-hmm. clippers that they base everything out of putting some information on the box and giving it back to us and charging us more money for it, and I don't think the quality is going up. I just, I just got a trimmer, and this is the first trimmer that I've bought in years. And I'm like, oh, this one is actually better, and it's the Cocoa trimmer. Yeah, and yeah. I can't lie that that now Morono is somebody that I, I I definitely look up to, and I definitely will say he's different <laughs> when yeah. it comes to how he attacks barbering. But because he attacks barbering from an engineering mindset, not a barber brain uh, yeah. mindset, so to speak, so that diamond lap technology is second to none. I had to give it to him on that. Um, yeah. but the where the money is actually being made, we not we're not there. The money is not Really that nineteen billion ain't being made from behind the chair. It's the other side of the chair. It's products. Yeah. It's, it's the the uh the tools, the those different things. And it's yeah. we barbers, man, we some of the smartest, most and intu- two most intuitive people that I've met. And because I don't think we have mastered building our own community, meaning saying, Hey, I started building this and I've gotten as far as I can go. Is there another barber or another person that can come in on this with me and help me take this further? So now we can build the team. And the team then goes goes out. And makes better products, so to speak. I think Basio is doing it um, mm-hmm. with tune 45. I'm pretty sure there's some others um, that are that are doing the same thing, but not enough, so to speak, mm-hmm. that are that are doing it. Because yeah. there's so many egos in the industry that we won't we won't come together and use the power yeah. of us instead of yeah. just yeah. me. I'm it's dope that it's competition
0: crap. over collaboration. And it yes, should be either. collaboration over competition for sure.
2: And if we can't go together to these companies and say, Hey, if y'all don't give us something better, we ain't buying them. then why? would they even give us something better for what yeah
0: Yeah. and that's the that's the that's a big deal because you do have a few barbers that are getting into um the space where they're sharing they're starting to share products I mean, we you hear a lot of people talk about white labeling products. You mean it's already out there you didn't put your name on it, but it's somebody else's stuff anyway, versus um collaborating with someone like what Murano did with Coco. Like he um was a part of the barbers that that collaborated with Coco where he they asked him about his like you said, his intellectual yes. property on how to create certain things. Now there is some depths there is some depth into the recycling of the actual clipper. There's like a lot of conspiracy. Yeah if you online right now and you see this (laughs) this big old battle between Chris Basio Mm -hmm. and T-Pop and who's doing what and all of this stuff but in reality if you just get your emotions out of it and look at the reality of things a lot of a lot of Clipper products they do I mean this is a business model though though, we can't knock them for operating in a good business model like the people that come out with this stuff we can't knock them like this is a business model where it's about um, creating something new like that all car companies do this all like they do it every year like we keep phone companies do it it's mm-hmm. it's the same model and okay. they're just you doing it in this industries like oh okay these are this is equipment that they use let's keep coming out with similar things that are a little bit more improved but it's not really changing right. so at the end of the day we can't be mad at the model it's more of how do we play the game and you have to understand how you play the game cuz you may not have the capital to try and create your own company that's going to create products, but you have to understand the four levels of making money. The first level of making money is understanding what you can do with your body. And I say that's working fun, right? You learn how to work fun. Second level of making money is you understanding how to create systems that allow you to work fun easier, right? All the hard work and working hard that you do, you have to learn how to make it, um, systematic. So that the inputs create a consistent output. The third level is understanding how to make more money per minute, right? That's you being able to work less and make more. And the fourth level is you being able to learn how to make money without having to work at all. If you start to understand those four different levels of making money as a barber in your, in your, your booth or wherever you at then you will tap into so much more of who you are and even your creativity because you'll start to see your business is a lot bigger than your hands in your, in your fading blade you'll start mm-hmm. to see that your mind has the ability to make way more money than your body can and yeah. you have to tap into that so I think what you were just saying uh, Suge was like great just to just to capitalize
2: yeah. me. I mean I started to get really frustrated even moving outside that, the 19 billion from the hair industry aspect of it when I started to man we have classes and stuff like that right? you get all these messages and if you if you post inconsistently, consistently somebody's gonna jump in your inbox and ask you a question
0: Yeah, and man. then
2: you get to a point where you you started to be you started to be so helpful and it just seems like it's not recognized that person ain't shouting you out saying thank you for real or nothing but the yeah. famous person the big faces. oh man I love that person blah 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 I'm like you got that information from me what are you talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you act like that because you saw me do it and you just told me you did it and gave the credit to somebody else now i'm big on accountability all the way around so yeah i can get mad at you about that but i have to get mad at myself because i didn't charge you that's my mm-hmm, fault yeah. when i didn't see what i was saying to you as valuable enough to charge you for it that ain't your fault that i gave it to you it was my fault that i didn't charge you for it and mm-hmm. once i started saying hey this costs if you want this level of knowledge this costs the question yeah. stopped coming as, 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 as much so i started doing yeah. oh so you don't actually value this as much as you say you do when it costs yeah. you something. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: it, it, it's it's a it's a man Delmar me and you we understand this bro um, the challenge of pressing past cost versus investment mm-hmm. right like it, it, it's both spending money yeah. but mm-hmm. it's, it's the mindset you that you have yeah it's the mindset that you have about where the money's going something can look like a cost that's an investment and that means you'll never grow you'll be like man that's, that that cost such such and such amount to get whatever but you don't you know looking at the return of that mm-hmm. you're only looking at the fact that you're you're spending money. And and then something else could be an investment, but you look at it as a cost and you'll, you'll be like, oh no, like I can't I can't spend the money on that. And if you don't understand the difference, then you'll be investing in stuff that's literally just a cost and that means you're wasting money. You're just mm-hmm. buying more stuff. You're just spending more money on things that's not gonna give you a return. And then you'll not spend money on things that will actually bring a return because it looks like spending money. And you gotta yeah. be able to understand the difference. Delroy, you could speak to that, man. Cause I remember you had like a light bulb moment when that happened. <laughs> nah,
1: man, it's, and I've been having this conversation with people lately. Um, We have to get to a point where we stop saying things are expensive and either say I don't value it at that cost or I'm not willing to pay that much for it. Stuff don't yeah. be expensive. Everything has a market. Yeah. You got more people who drive Hondas and Toyotas, but that don't mean that ain't stopping nothing that Mercedes, Cadillac, and BMW are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has a market. <clears throat> so, like you just spoke of, you have valuable information, right? Somebody, wants that information. When you was giving it out for free, a lot more people was willing to talk to you and ask you questions to get that knowledge. And then they turn around and use it and they making money off of it. Yeah. But when you start charging for said value, valuable information, oh man, I ain't willing to pay that. <clears throat> well, you don't value this information as much as, like you say, as much as you thought you did yeah. because now it has a price on it. Yeah. When it was free, oh yeah, I'm I'm willing to get all this information and ask all these questions. But, uh, I think Cole, Cole Cuts the Barber, uh, yeah. he talks about this a lot. He says that, yeah. you know, I can't constantly give out value and not give value in return. Mm-hmm. You know, I have all this knowledge that I've obtained through experience or through researching or investing in the knowledge. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so many people want it for free. And it's not always monetary value. But if I can exchange something with you that you value, what do you have to offer me in return that's going to be of value to me?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's, it's not, all about the mindset. Once I start investing to learn this stuff, it can no longer be charity to give it out, not mm-hmm. to everybody. Because mm-hmm. so you're paying the price for it. Yeah, And at, at a certain level of, of knowledge, a certain level of wisdom, a certain level that I've went through just to be who I am. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you can pay to be who I am, but what I know, it costs me something. So it got to cost yeah. you something. I can't just yeah. give it to you. Like I, I, that's, that's how you drive yourself crazy. And that's how you end up quitting the business, whatever business yep. that is, because you feel like you, I don't have no respect here. this don't love me. So you walk away from it. And it's not just their fault. It's your fault when you didn't realize your value, your worth, all of the words that we're sign to these things. And when you start to, it's like fame, uh, the, the whole fame thing, I think, especially in the barber industry, there's so many barbers that want to be famous. And they're like, why do you yeah. think that? Because mm-hmm. when you look at barbers hashtags, the barber hashtags are all hashtags that only barbers look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to impress barbers. Yeah, and that's. Right. I'm not saying it's anything wrong wanting to be <laughs> respected by your peers. But when you look at your likes, and it's mostly barbers, and your clientele ain't where it needs to be, that means you're not studying clients. You're studying your co Mm-hmm. And your coworkers yeah. aren't gonna pay you. Start yeah, to figure yeah. out what your what your clients is talking about. If it's an important event, if we talking about social a social media, hack, if there's an event in my community that's going on, it, it's uh, I'm from Detroit. The Lions just was playing. You need to hashtag, hashtag during that time Lions everything because people are looking at that. You never know who's coming in the city, who's in the city looking for a an haircut, and they're looking at the, the the Lions hashtag, looking for the Lions, but they find you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like I didn't I didn't just wake up thinking like that. I. Took Business mastermind classes to learn that type of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying. So it was, now people's asking me, "How you, you know, man, your your sound crispy, man? It, it looked like blah blah blah. How you do that? Okay, cool. I'm gonna come out with a class." I'm not gonna give it to you for free because I've spent a lot of money on cameras I'll spend money on classes to learn how to light my setup <laughs> figure mm-hmm. out what an rbg light is what a key light is what a scroll all of all of these types of things I spent money to learn this yeah and where I think we messed up and this is where I, I like to talk about my mistakes and not call out everybody else's my mistake with the man weave thing was I thought that maybe I could lower the amount of the class to a point where people would catch on yeah no nope. it works like that Mm-mm. and because I wanted to teach a, a certain amount of people like I want to leave this industry knowing that I gave a legacy. Now, Mm The people who, who get to get what I give, they come to the barber school, students. Yeah. All you professionals, you licensed already and all of that, you got to come to the class. So the same client that I had the conversation about, the Doritos thing, uh, he's my client. And like I say, he's a master marketer. He don't pay for haircuts. I don't pay for marketing tips and classes, right? So yeah. that's how we borrow that. And he was like, look, man, you need a high ticket item. And I was like, you're right. Because instead of trying to charge somebody, trying to get a bunch of people to pay a low price, I just get two people to pay the high price. I'm doing less work for more money. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't realize those those types of things because we so involved in the numbers how many likes did I get and Mm -hmm. I get it it's you involved with in the wrong thing. numbers it, it's it a gratification matter. the question is who like not how many right. did you get yeah so, the, the right, right person you out
0: of here it's the difference between having clout and being in the clouds clouds yeah. means you definitely have um you've allowed some sun you to hit the water and you, <laughs> you elevate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yes, sir. you just got a whole bunch of people that pay attention to you and you don't know what's there you don't know it's who's like yeah that's all it is
1: mm-hmm. I, I won't go back to something you just said though uh should you said that he, you don't pay for marketing from your client and he don't pay for haircut. It's still a payment. Y'all just not exchanging monetary payment. Y'all right. exchanging valuable right. information.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're exchanging our values or we call it the barter system, right? Yeah. Um, that goes back to Don, who's in your chair? Because when I when we was talking about you know building your team and stuff like that, some of us are looking for a team that's right in front of us. We just haven't, we haven't asked them to be a part of the team or we haven't mm-hmm. picked their brains to figure out. It's people you, like- You don't even know
0: that they're a teammate. You should not you Oh, like- that
2: you don't know what that client does for a living yeah, yeah. That, it should be impossible for that to happen but you got to talk so you can't be cutting and you got your headphones on and you 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 killing that cut but yeah. you don't know who was in your chair you killing that I- in the back of your head you trying to figure out how you gonna move this furniture and the person you cutting owns a freaking moving company yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying
1: and so- I, lo- I had to learn that earlier on man because i was one of those barbers who i would go to the shop i'm an introvert so i would go to the shop and headphones in i'm mm-hmm. getting in my rhythm and i was pushing them in and out. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not increasing my value because I'm not talking to my clients and asking them what they do, you know, how they day was, you know, you know, just trying to get to know the person that's in your chair. Yeah. They're patronizing you, you know. Yeah. So they're taking their time out of their day, come sit in your chair, they're patronizing you. This is their getaway from reality. Yeah. A lot of men, a lot of women come to the shop to escape reality, be able to talk to their barber. Whether you're in the barbershop or you're in the suite. Once I started seeing that, that is more than just a haircut, I started, you know, increasing my value. I started doing things better so yeah. it's we have to see it in a different way than just a hustle yeah because a lot of us see still see this as they a hustle
0: yeah oh he 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 gotta I come on camera man we can't just see hear him not see him <laughs> what's up good. man you good you good you know that you know daddy's on a on a tv show right now no i'm talking about TV show like like the new Sonic show like it's <laughs> like the the new Knuckles show. He'll get
2: daddy be on TV right now. One track, doc One <laughs> track. That's all yeah. I got in mind is one track. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be upstairs in a minute. Okay, we gotta go get your sister. Okay, all right. Bye bye. Um, and I think all of that, all of that is great stuff. Is goes back to we we have to be better at building relationships with our clients. Yes. Um, caring about what they what they have going on. I ain't saying you got to be their therapist, but if you got it in you, they gonna pull it out of you. That's how I built a lot. A big part of how I built my clientele was I care about people. So I I speak in a certain way. I started to notice that people come to you the first time for the haircut, especially if you kill it. It, Mm -hmm. Once you come to the the second, third, fourth, fifth haircut has been years. They really come in to talk to me. And that's what I realized Mm -hmm. from me. Um, I'm able to curate conversation a certain way that I didn't have to be taught to do that. Music taught me to be like that. I'm an emotional man and I don't mind saying that I'm emotional. It ain't about not being emotional. Put that down, baby. It's about controlling your emotion and having those types of conversations where men became vulnerable in my chair and I loved it. And they became vulnerable because I was vulnerable. Uh, uh, And I, I will admit a big portion of it was I'm in a private suite. So they'll talk to me about things because there's nobody else here. What yeah. I started to notice when appointments will overlap, somebody's late, somebody's early. It's two or three of us in there, and now, person in the chair and the person not in the chair are actually healing each other. I'm just cutting now, so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's power in this community. It's time for me to leave the suite because this conversation won't grow as long as it's just me and you in this shop. So yeah. that's why I left my private suite was yeah. because yeah. I needed to. I needed that conversation. I needed the community of men or people, period, in my chair to grow from just having secret conversations to having open conversations is because for a lot of these dudes, most of us need therapy at, at 40 some odd years old. Most of us need therapy in some way, shape, or form, and we know we, we do, but we won't go talk to the therapist. Yeah. We will go talk to our barber, and yeah. maybe if I'm the type of barber that they will listen to, tell them I don't know how I got here, but uh, well, they'll listen to their barber, tell them like, man, I love, I mean, I talk to you, brother, I, I care about you, I love you, man, but you need to go see a therapist, bro. Mm. They might listen to me, <laughs> yeah. and maybe they'll, you know, they come back a better person for their families and stuff. I, I'm a family man, so I attract a lot of family. I, I a lot of customers that have families and stuff like that, yeah. So, yeah. I had to learn like I, that goes back to the beginning. I had to learn how to cater to the clientele, ah, this boy cater to my clientele, <laughs> so to speak, or whatever. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, I'm done.
0: No, that was that was good because I think, um, a lot of barbers do not understand the power that we have behind the chair. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we have behind the chair is the ability to impact lives, and it goes yeah. beyond just a haircut, it goes beyond just the service that we do. We, if it's a Men hair replacement, if it's uh, a beard treatment or whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever the service is. Um, But there's a deeper depth that goes into that experience for the client, you know, depending on how much time you're spending with them. And if you don't understand that you have value outside of just the service, then you won't be able to understand how to cause them to value you outside of the service. You have to bring you your learning. And, and this this is this is goes back to my business mind because anytime you think about business, any good business always thinks about what attracts a person and then how do you expand on what attracted them so that you can make more money. That's just facts. Any business does that, it's not me being mean, it's not looking at your clients like a dollar. It's It's literally understanding business. If you got them to be attracted to you for one thing, that's great, but you want to expand on what they give you money for. So when you think about the value that you provide as a barber, they're going to initially come to you for whatever service you promoted. And then they saw it and they like, or somebody talked to them, they come to you for that. But then if you have enough um, depth within yourself and you've connected with so many different people and you have resources in so many different ways, then you become more valuable than just the cut that they came to you for. Yeah. You can also charge for that connection. You know, a lot of times we'll give away our resources yeah. simply because we're trying to be helpful. And that's good. It's good to have the heart to do it. But at the same point in time, if you don't understand that the heart to be helpful is actually going to be a one-way street, if you don't understand how to make it two ways, like yeah. you were talking about with the advice you may give somebody, right? You may give a barber advice and you can just do it for free. But at a certain Point, you got to realize that's intellectual property, and I need to be able to get a recoup on that because I paid for it. Not you have to pay for it, but I want to allow you to invest in yourself because if you pay, then you're gonna pay attention. If you don't pay, then a lot of times you're just gonna go in one area and out the other. And you're not gonna get this. Here. It pains me to give
2: it when you sit up and give advice to people all day. When you I tell yeah. people all the time, I like I got 20 uh, the 20 minutes between. The shop and homes all the time. I got to get what y'all downloaded on me off of me before I walk in my house because my family yeah. don't deserve that. Yeah. So yeah, they 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 might tell yeah. me some heavy stuff. Yeah, my family don't deserve me bringing that in this house because it ain't it don't belong to us. Yeah. so yeah. I got yeah, to charge yeah. no, you. Like, it ain't just the fire haircut that you paying for. <laughs> I yeah. need a little more money if you go tell me these deep dark secrets, Doc. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Yeah>. it is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <Shoot>. nah, that's
1: <laughs> that's, it. that's real though, man. Cause uh, man, we we do. I know with me, I'm in in a private suite. So I have more people open up to me now than they did when I was in a barbershop setting. So it's like, you know, when you're in a barbershop, everybody's talking, right? Yeah. When it's just you, it's like, man, I'm receiving all of this. And then you might be talking with them too because it's a conversation, but it's like, on my way home, man, I just need to decompress. Yeah. It's not it's not that the cutting of the hair is getting to me. I can do that in my sleep. I've been doing it for 17, no, 19 years now. Wow. Yeah. I sound old. I've been doing it for 19 years now, but it's every the conversations, mm-hmm. and I'm already dealing with my own thoughts. Yeah. Only most of the things that I have to deal with as well. And we take that on from other people as professionals. I don't think people realize that it's not just a haircut. And I be having to explain it to people who don't, who are not in our industry. Like, oh man, you should, you know, when you cut the clippers off and you turn the lights off and you go home, that's it. It's so much more. I got to decompress, one. I got to, now I got to respond and check emails, text messages, and all this other administrative stuff that I got to deal with too. Mm-hmm. It's not just being a, a, just not cutting hair. It's not just fading. If you're a professional barber. Now, yeah. for a lot of people, it is just cutting hair. You go to the shop, like you said, put the headphones on and they leave. I was one of them people. But now that I have this bigger role and I don't mind it because I know this is what comes with being a professional barber. But at the same time, we have to learn to take care of our mental too. I don't know where this came from. I just was flowing with what you was talking about because yeah. it's so
2: real. Yeah. It's real. I do want to talk because I got I to gotta go on a second because I got to pick up my daughter from daycare. Hallelujah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just got her at daycare. Like, oh, anyway. Um, Speaking on <laughs> the vein of professionalism, like this this whole thing coming up in Georgia, they, they trying to deregulate the state of Georgia, as far as the mm-hmm. barber's license, I do want to uh, uh, talk about that briefly yeah. for a second. Um, I think a lot of barbers are looking at this wrong. Like They think that they're attacking the professionalism of barbering, or lack thereof, or whether or not the government thinks that barbers are in fact professional, so to speak. I don't think it has anything to do with that. This is a thing, this is about money. And mm. for it's funny, because for me, I'm like, okay, it then came back up. A lot of barbers, this is the first time of them hearing about a state something being on the city floor about deregulation. This has been happening since like 2018, 2017 from different states. It's, it's been showing up. Mm-hmm. The whole ploy is to get the United States to be deregulated. And it's like, for me, I don't think deregulation needs to happen. I think there needs to be a retooling of the number of hours that the different states have to do, and maybe even a universal barber board for the United States, because this whole everything different in different states things, yeah. that's what allows them to be able to attack state by state. They say united, right? The state. You Yes, Space-based divide design. and conquer yeah. at his
0: finest. <laughs> not united.
2: and then it's like okay this that I don't think this ain't got nothing to do with our professionalism or what they think about us as professionals when you got people taking out 10 15 20 thousand dollar loans to go to barber school because financial aid is now involved to pay for it mm-hmm. you get the license you get in the shop you cutting and you you vastly under report or you don't report at all that leaves the government hanging with that bill and they like well, where can we save money so to speak now there's something to be said when it comes of student loans and four-year universities being atrocious with the level of education they they are providing versus uh, how much money they're charging, so to speak. But yeah. when you attack, you attack low-hanging fruit first. So what's the low-hanging fruit? Barber cosmetology, esthetician industry, nail industry. That's that's what they could attack the quickest. Cause are we do we even know what the bill is called? We know they're trying to deregulate the state of Georgia, but that bill has a name to it, it has a number attached to it. And if you go even if you go vote and you don't know what it's called, are you gonna vote against it? Yeah. Are you gonna show? up to vote if y'all want to keep the licensing available and i hate to say it like this at this point i'm like well i got my license and my education it is what it is because i I unfortunately think that this is a train that we're not going to be able to stop we don't even know what a lobbyist is we don't know that they're mm. the people on the other side that's trying to make this happen. They have lobbyists behind them that are filling mm. the, the the pockets of people to get this stuff on these bills. They are talking to the Senators. We trying to talk to the board and the board don't even know what to tell you.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then we don't show up to our board meetings. Yeah. We don't show up to the board meetings and the board is not here to represent you. They're here to keep you in um a health code regulation. That's what they're that's the reason why they're there. They're not here to represent you, <laughs> what you say, yeah, they just going they're by the police. books, yeah. yeah. So, when the crime has the been done, yeah. Yep. So, what's what's what you're bringing up, uh, Suge, is huge because this goes into the conversation of do we need a union, you know, as mm. barber, beauty professionals, um, this whole industry, the beauty industry, do we need a union? And some would argue yes, some would argue absolutely not.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the reason why is because when things like this come up, and the, if I'm not uh correct, please do correct me um but it's senate bill 354 right yeah Yeah, so senate bill 354 is the proposition for um deregulating in the state of georgia specifically um but that's like they try it in one state so that they can do it in other states but
1: georgia is the mecca of barbering beauty industry
0: so if they get it across over there then there's no and they already tried but, Arizona. They already tried
2: Texas. I think it I think it did pass in in, in a state. I don't know which yeah. one, but I think it
0: already p- it passed in the state. And they like, we can be one and get out there. Yeah. But the yeah. reason why they don't look at us, um, and in my opinion, the the reason why they don't look at us is because we don't have a way to represent ourselves. We are we want to be so independent yeah. that you don't realize that your independence allows everybody to get hurt. You know what I mean? Because nobody is able to stand up for us. So you got t- people like Uh, Tariq, um, who is somebody that's a, he's a, he's he goes to the Senate, like he goes and he talks to politicians and different things, he builds relationships with those types of people, there's other barbers that do this too, it's not just him but uh, I'm just speaking to some people that may, you might know them, Mm -hmm. but they are different people that will go fight for the barbers in their area you know what I mean, with the government and that's not a thing that we have as a whole and we don't, because we don't want to be subject or tied to nothing we want to just be ourselves and whatever but there's that's so- there's a and yeah, it's super selfish, but it's it, it's the reason why bills like this can get passed because I do feel like it's an attack on um just like that same bill with the I mean they were they were correct on Uber and everything but when they started to classify what a commission structure versus an employee was you remember that like a few years ago that happened like in 2020 or 2021 like this stuff is it picks at our ability to grow in this industry and so if you think that Deregulation doesn't affect your your ability to grow, you you're mistaken. Cause if it's if it if everything is unregulated, then there's no way to say you're professional.
2: Yeah. You yeah. can't. And they won't affect you being able to get loans, going to banks. A lot yeah. of business things get affected once that comes yeah. off the table.
0: Yeah. So and they yeah, won't do cool. this to doctors
2: or you lawyers. Said I said they won't do this to doctors or lawyers. Yeah, or
0: lawyers, yeah. Lawyers, doctors, all of them got unions. <laughs> lawyers, um, they have a guild, they have a guild. That they're in, doctors they have a guilt that they're in. Nurses they have a union, so they can go on strike and they can say we're not going to do this as a as a group, group yes. to serve the whole. But we don't yeah. got that. We we every man we crab in a barrel. We don't no. know we don't
2: realize it, but we still talking about who fade better. And who, and who, yeah, competition oh, enhancements and all this crap. <laughs> we we got to think higher
1: than that, man. This is why we don't get treated as professionals. Yeah, big time. This is why we not respected,
0: man. We got to let you go, man. I know I know you got. To go pick up your daughter, but this you—you you brought up a a major topic. No
2: right, yeah. very we gotta do a
0: part two, man. We, we got need we a part two. two. We do need a part two. We got to get a part two, man. I appreciate you for your time, shook for real. This was value, value added all, all the way through this whole episode. Thank, you, man. Thank God I could add some. Absolutely, yes.
2: okay. I don't think I was just talking outside of my head. Like we we ain't gonna hear this one. you were not about nothing. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> just, this person. was very valuable, man.
1: This
2: Thank was very, very valuable. Man. I appreciate like, y'all for having me. This this means a lot to me, man. For real, your perspective on, on how
1: you view things made me think, so I appreciate this. Yeah,
0: thank you, man.
2: Thank
1: you for real.
0: That's that's we what this part I,
2: I look forward to it. Doc, all
0: right, my brother. Uh, we appreciate you. So, for us here and there, everybody, everywhere, this is Elevated Barbers Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this show. Peace. <laughs>